0: you talk about like building relationship which is amazing but how like how would you get closer to them where you
1: can build that solid kind of relationship like spend the time with them and in this time show them that you are interested in them interested in them sometimes in visitation we do it like we are doing an interview or uh, we are doing an interrogation way as a prosecutor is you know, asking a, a person. But visitation and spending time with them should be you are interested in the person. He can see in your eyes, in your heart, in your words, in, in your attitude, in, in, in your posture, how you are interested in him. How you you love him. He can feel, he can read your love. Believe me, sometimes you don't say any words, but he can see in your eye, in your heart, that you love him. That's how to do a relationship. When you show, you are interested in the person. That's why Zacchaeus felt the, the Lord, you know, loved him. The same way the sinful woman in the house of Simeon, and by the way, this is the gospel of tomorrow and the following Sunday. So, to make relationship, just your attitude, your posture, the unspoken message of love that you are sending him should be so powerful and so genuine. How would you would you um, go with like when you pick a
0: kid to go to the visitation, Would would you prefer to go with your own preference like?
1: who you click with, or you go the opposite way, or it doesn't matter. If I'm responsible for 15 students, then actually I'm responsible to visit these 15 students, whether I am clicking with him or not. They are my children, God entrusted me with them. So I need actually to visit all of them. Building
0: relationships with kids Seems like the ideal state, and I think it's it's great and what we all aspire to have with our kids. Sometimes, like our limitation gets in the way. Where I think the biggest excuses are time, right? So, if I have all the time in the world, I would love to spend more time with them and get to know them more and love them. But that requires like that can be full time. Like it requires the level of dedication that I may not necessarily have the time for. So how do we bridge the gap where I don't feel like I'm always lacking in my service, but at the same time, it's in light of all other responsibilities we have?
1: Priorities and time management. I'm sure all of us, we waste a lot of time in talks or phone calls that are not necessary. And also in uh, on the social media yeah I know some of us are busy but if we set our priorities right and then we know how to do time management in the right way if at the end what I have to offer is the two mites God will accept them more than person for offering hours and hours so I need to be faithful in offering what I have But if I'm wasting my time and then I say I don't have time, then I'm not faithful. Faithfulness, if I have two minds, I will offer them. But I know if we set our priorities right, and where service comes in our priority list, so if we set our priorities right, and we know how to do time management effectively, then with most of us, we will have time to serve faithfully unwisely the children of God. But at the end, for those who are extremely busy and it's out of their hand, even when they offer the two mites it will be more than a person who is offering ours. I love how you said, tough love instead of
2: discipline. What is the right balance between tough love and and love, especially um, if you haven't had a relationship with kids, would you recommend to so start with tough love after you've built a relationship with
1: the kids and to discipline them. i to get your recommendation. Tough love is not used all the time. And it should be used when it is extremely needed. In the, the Psalms, we say, if you hold us accountable for every single sin, who can stand before you? We say it in the second Psalm, in the twelfth hour. So, if God actually holds us accountable for every single sin, who can stand before Him? If you, O Lord, should mark iniquity, O Lord, who shall stand? For through you is forgiveness. We need actually to have this verse in our mind. I'm not going to discipline and use the tough love for every little thing. And, as you said, I need actually to build this loving relationship. So, when actually I discipline, when it is needed, and when this is the only therapy that is needed, that will work, then He will accept it from me, because I'm doing it in spirit of gentleness and love. But when you start, this class is new, when I'm new to them, I start very tough on, on, on them, this will not be accepted.
2: Follow up on Miras' question about what's stopping us from building a relationship with the kids. In addition to time, I think one of the hardest things that I faced when I used to teach in the school was uh, the visitation and how to get out of my comfort zone. Uh, it's not like something that's common, as like, okay, I'm coming to hang out with you in your own home. It's like, I'm inviting myself to someone's house and it's not like, okay, this is a way to build a relationship, but I don't have this relationship. For me to invite myself to their houses. And especially with, again, like the age difference, and this might be like a new class, new kids that I'm just teaching. It's not a comfortable feeling to push myself to say, like, okay, come to visit you next weekend. Are you free? Or can I come next week? Or something like that. Like, I think this idea of the comfort zone is.
1: I have a few points to share here. Number one, the Lord invited him, himself to the house of the case. He did not wait until the case invited him. He invited him. The case maybe wouldn't dare to invite the Lord. But the Lord invited himself. Number two, go back to your feeling when you are in high school or middle school and your Sunday school servant came to your house. I'm sure all of us were very joyful. we were waiting for our servant to come and spend the time with me. So actually, you are not forcing yourself or pushing yourself on them. Actually, you are bringing joy. Uh, I remember when I was in primary school, middle school, high school, our Sunday school servant used to come and visit us every Thursday because Sunday school in Egypt on Friday. We are, we are, I, I personally was waiting Thursday for the time in which my Sunday school servant come and spent time together. So we used to look eagerly to this time. The third point I want to mention here. If the situation is not suitable, you have to visit him. The idea here is to spend time with him. Maybe in the beginning, we can take him out just to spend time, drink coffee together, drink tea or whatever. Go to a park, spend time there, bring him to the church, you spend time with him in the church. Not necessarily in his house if you don't feel comfortable. The idea just to spend time with him and to break all the barriers between you and him. So he will feel you are connected together as you know, friends, as beloved. As the Lord Jesus said, I'm not gonna call you servant, but I will call you friends. Don't feel embarrassed because the Lord did it. Don't feel embarrassed, or you are forcing yourself because all the children enjoy and expect and they are joyful to have their son to school servant visit them and if you are still not comfortable you can meet them outside in a place you feel comfortable and they are also feel comfortable so you can spend and um, quality time together. so say we build a relationship and say um
0: that was one year and you build that strong relationship what happened next year when you moved to different class like how would you react like
1: what would be the best way, like hey, I know you, but I'm not serving you anymore, like... No, our relationship will continue with them Yes, that's why I spoke about the different circles of the Lord Jesus Christ In our church, when I was a student and son school servant we used to change the service every year Those whom I, whom I served, you know, in my first year I still have connection with them when I moved to another class. So now I have relationship with the the first group and second group, and then the same with the third group and so on. Because again, love is limitless. The heart cannot be narrow to you know accept all these people. That's why Saint Paul said, "I want you to be big in your hearts." The heart actually should not be narrow should be big enough to actually contain all these people how can we teach
2: them to not be judgmental or like condemn them but show them love even though they're doing things that we don't agree
1: with saint paul answers this question in first corinthians chapter 5 when he said we have responsibility toward the brethren brethren means the believers but those from outside god will judge them he said in 1st Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 9, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world. So when he said sexually immoral people, he means brethren, believers. But he made it very clear, not, I did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world. Why? Why? He said, since then, you would need to go out of the world. (laughs) The the only solution for the person to die. (laughs) If if you are not going to keep company with... But now I have written to you, not to keep company with anyone named a brother. Named a brother means a believer who is sexually immoral or covetous or idolater or reviler or drunkard or extortioner. Not even to eat with such a person what about those from outside? For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside who have responsibility toward the believers in the church? Not those who are outside. But those who are outside, God judge them. Therefore, put away from yourself the evil person. So I will deal with them with respect, even if I don't agree on their principle, but I deal with them with respect. It's not my responsibility. God will judge them. It's not me.
0: Mike, the question that comes to my mind always when when thinking about this in service is who is called to implement the law of love on an application level? Because historically it seems like the, the older generations are the ones that ask the younger generation to implement the law of love. For example, like so many times, we, we older folks tell the younger folks in service of like sacrifice your individual liberties, whatever they are, so that aunt or uncle doesn't sin and judge you for it. Very rarely we tell the older generations to apply the law of love and not burden the younger generations with the, with different ideologies or different practices. And how do we deal with that in service? And, and like, to whom is
1: the law of love? More of a priority. Actually, the more responsible or the more responsibility you have, the more actually should apply the law of love. So, law of love should be applied by leaders, by servants, by clergy, because if I am using the law of love to ask people under my authority to apply it, this manipulation. That's why Saint Paul. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, it said, be lest to somehow this liberty of yours, and he's speaking to people who have authority, to be a stumbling block to those who are weak, and, and St. Paul here, when he spoke about the law of love and the law of knowledge, he's speaking to those who are like leaders in the church, who have the knowledge, and they are preaching, and they can be a stumbling block a leader will not be offended if someone is u- not using the law of love but the opposite is true the the more you are in the leadership or the authority the more you will be offensive to others so this is not uh, for the service
2: particular like even outside
1: Let me read some verses from the Sermon on the Mountain in Matthew chapter 5, verse 39. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sew you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn out. What do you think about all these verses? Is it fair? No, it's not fair. But why I will apply all these verses? If I'm applying them because I am weak, and I cannot set boundaries, then it's not virtue. These are vices actually, not virtues. But if I am applying them in order to win people for Christ, then yes, it's okay for people to take advantage of me. It's okay to be imprisoned, as St. Paul. It's okay to be stoned in order to win people for Christ. The goal here should be clear. If I am weak and I don't know how to set boundaries, and I'm just letting people walk over me for no reason, just because I am weak, then that is a vice not a virtue. That's why in the Lord Jesus Christ, when he wanted to set a boundary during the trial, when he slapped him and he told him, thus, you answer the high priest. Why he answered? Because if he did not answer, then they found blemish in him. Then the sacrifice will not be without blemish. It will not be a pure sacrifice. That's why he, he answered here. But after this, he left his, cheek open to those who smile, and he let people take advantage of him, to teach them forgiveness, to teach them endurance, to win them for the kingdom of Christ. So to answer your question, if letting people take advantage of me, while I am able to set boundaries, while I am able to say stop, but I let them do this, to win them to Christ, yes, that's what the Bible teaches us.
0: Not everyone has the same talent to kind of adjust, right? Like be weak with the weak or be wise with the wisdom. And it's really hard to do something you're not convinced, it goes against your knowledge. Like you should know better, kind of with you, right? How can we adjust this coming across our hypocrites or just following some traditional further church? But some of the parents would say, uh, maybe the kids should not fast at a young age or memorize um, songs. We come across this like being kind of they are
1: liberal and we are trying to bring them to the tradition of the church how can we have the law without losing the signs? and as I said St. Paul when he became Jew to the Jews, Gentile to the Gentiles he did not compromise the commandment of God or the doctrines of the church but he compromised his own freedom, his own liberty, he, he did not use his right He did not use his authority, what is right to him. There is difference between I became all things to all men. So I allow people to break the law of God and break the law of the church to say I'm accommodating them. No, it applies only as I I mentioned when I let go of my rights and my privileges to win others to Christ. It's about me. Not about others. St. Paul, he did not say, I made the law of God Jewish law to the Jews to accept them. And I made the law of God, the law of the Gentiles to win the Gentiles. He did not say this. There's a confusion. He said, I became Jew. Means, the, the gain that I won in Christ, I let it go. My freedom in Christ, I let it go to win them. It's about me not pleasing myself. It's not about changing the law to accommodate the people or changing the commandment of God to accommodate the people. Do you understand the difference? So it's, it's about me not pleasing myself.
0: My question you are turning off people, right? So that's
1: why you want to, like, I want to find the balance. If somebody is turned it off by the cross of Christ, that's their problem. Yeah, St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The Jews, verse 22, request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. So the Jews will not find in a crucified person a sign, and the Jew, Greek will not find a wisdom. How we say God dies on the cross. To the Jews, a stumbling block. And to the Greek, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. If the truth offends some people, that's their problem. I'm not going to change the truth. The truth will be the truth. They said to the Lord Jesus Christ, when the Lord spoke about what goes into the mouth, does not defile a person, but what comes out of the mouth. So they said to the Lord Jesus Christ, do you know that when the Pharisees heard you saying this, they were offended? The Lord said, leave them. They are blind guides. And a blind leads a blind. Both of them will fall into a ditch. Here, the truth, I cannot change it to please men. But I can let go of my freedom, my liberty, to win people to Christ. But the truth is the truth.
0: I'm, I'm thinking about the self-denial for the salvation of others, so in terms of service, um, like I'm thinking okay I can self-deny myself maybe my weekend to do a visitation or um, I don't know after work or yeah spending time. Very it. true, yes. Yeah. 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 But how can I balance this self-denial uh, with my other, for for the service, with my other responsibilities at work, at home, um, towards like other like friends, uh, social responsibilities, so how do we find that balance? Because if I feel like it applies like if someone is like a hermit, it's like either like their they will or God's will, but in the way we live, it's like too many wills like work and um, family and
1: everything. again it has to do with setting your priorities right setting your priorities right where service fall in your list of priority is it comes after having fun with your friend the social time family, friends and, and then service or it is top how you set your priorities and the other thing actually is again time management Can we manage our time, as Saint Paul said, the biblical term for time management, redeeming the time for the days of evil. Do we redeem the time? And at the end, if I have my priorities set in the right way, and I manage my time in uh, in the right way, I actually will satisfy and meet all these obligations in, in a very fair way. Time management is like money management. If I'm making 3,000 a month, I need actually to budget them to cover all my expenses. If I'm making 10,000, I will budget them to cover my expenses. You know? So I need to live within this available. But if I'm making 3,000 and I'm spending 2,000 on fund and I cannot pay my mortgage, or then there's something wrong here. If my time it's very limited but I'm spending hours and hours and hours just with my friends and have fun social time and at the end I don't have time to the service then I'm setting my priorities wrong. and the principle I'm sure you know the principle between urgent and important and how you set your priorities what, what, what we call it important and what we call it urgent sometimes what is urgent and not important we give it priority over what's important and not urgent
0: and I said,
1: us ah, ashabi, yeah, let's go outside, you know, have fun tonight and it's urgent because it's name. but is it as important as visiting my children if I did not visit them? how I set my priority? if definitely visiting them is more important so I can let go of this and at the end, if, as I said in the morning if all what I have is the two mites God is not asking me to pay more than what I have. But if I have a lot of denials and at the end give two minds, then I'm not faithful. God will not tell me, well done, good and faithful servant, because I am not faithful. How can we apply love is limitless and sacrificial to, or with people that don't want
2: this love in the first place?
1: No Christ, many people don't receive his love, many people rejected his love. And what did he say? I'm standing at the door and knocking. When you open to me, I will enter. To you. So he did not impose himself on anybody. When he went to the cities of Samaria and they rejected him, James and, um, and uh, John were angry and said to him, Let's do like Elijah did ask fire from heaven to consume. I don't know from which city you are. Son of Man did not come to destroy the world, but to save the world. And what did he do? He went to another city. And then when the Samaria accepted him, he went to them and stayed to them. If somebody is rejecting, let us go to the other lost sheep of Israel. And when they open the door, we will go in and show them the lot of Christ
0: what does
1: that look like in action, like every now and then, like, then all this, um, like, text or, like, do a call or, like, what does that look like? Where's the, the balance? Okay. Uh, I can share two stories with you. Uh, one story is, uh, and I used, I used to call him and text him almost weekly for three years, and he never returned a text message or, but just, uh, young yeah, I, about him. and after three years actually he came and wanted an appointment with me usually people as long as they are rejecting the love when actually they go through difficult time they will go to the person whom they felt he loved them so he went through difficult time and he came to me so I asked him why you came to me he told me because I know you love me for three years you are text me and calling me, non-stop. Uh, so I know when I come to you, you are not rejecting. me. We need to continue to show them our love, persistently, without pushing them or making them feeling guilty or manipulate them or put them down. Just show them uh, love. Then all of us, sometimes God will allow us to go through difficult times. And this is a time of intervention. That's why usually, usually in the funerals, I like, yeah, yani my sermon in any funeral is two parts. First part is a spiritual, because people at that time they are ready to hear a word of repentance, returning back to God. The time of Allah. That's why usually first part of my sermon and in any funeral I speak about repentance, returning back to God, etc. And then, yeah, I speak about the deceased person. But time of vulnerability problems, uh, somebody lost his job, serious illness, lost loved one, etc. That's a good time for intervention, but the people will trust those who showed them love unconditionally and persist. What if I'm not criticizing others, but somehow other, I'm missing
2: someone or criticizing others, I don't like it, but how did that the person Put
1: in my head talk about uh, don't enable this, yani, as I said, you can redirect the conversation of if you cannot, just in loving and humble way, just excuse yourself yani, I don't want to hear this, uh, I am weak, this will, will, will trouble me, it's about me so it will not be like a self-righteous attitude or a judgmental attitude, it's about me I uh, yeah, these things actually will, will trouble me spiritually, so I prefer not to talk about, it. I will pray about it, but I'm not going to talk about it. So, so you know, <coughs> excuse me, you mentioned when uh, uh,
0: there's disagreement, we start by categorizing uh, the disagreement. Once we go through that, uh, what are other advices that you can give us as next steps to, to remain in unity and make sure that nothing impacts the of the
1: church. In trivial disagreements, I will let it go, like different schools or something very trivial. Sometimes, you know, uh, servants fight with each other about what kind of gifts they bring to their class. Uh, we should not lose our peace and unity or something. If it's about the government uh, or the management, we can talk with each other and listen to him and he listens to me. I can present my opinion and he presents his opinion. If both of us we couldn't agree, we can go to some School coordinator, we can go to Abuna. Until we get the right advice that both of us, uh, how we make our different opinion complement. And at the end, keeping the peace is better than, because there is no opinion is absolutely wrong, unless it, when it comes to the doctrine. But even in the management, in the, it's different schools. So uh, I can let go of my opinion if, if I have to, in order to keep the peace and keeping the peace is better than insist on my opinion and then creating two parties. When it comes actually to doctrines, the truth Yani, is, is very clear. And here I have to defend the truth There is no compromise, but as I said about sincerely and defending the truth, I need to be respectful. I cannot defend the truth of Christ in a non-Christian.
2: My question is how can we actually motivate ourselves to do that? The problem right now is that we have this desire for an instant gratification, that we want to watch a video because we like it and have fun, right? We know what is the right thing to do in service. I know I want to spend more time with the kids. I know I want to build a relationship with them. How can I motivate myself to spend the time and the effort uh, to actually do the things that I know I
1: should? This is the real challenge to all of us because the only motivation is the love of God and the love of the other. Because when I love others, I have to do whatever it takes to help them to be saved and this should come from my love to God like parents when parents actually see their children are drifting away then they do everything actually to rescue their children in the same way if I don't have this love in my heart it will be a challenge I will not be motivated I know what I should do but I cannot do it but the love of God is poured in our life by the Holy Spirit. Having a strong spiritual uh, life, in my spiritual canon, prayer, asking God to pour His love in my heart, will be the first step. But here, <laughs> the question how to motivate myself to have this spiritual life? And this we what you what know, this lecture is about the unity. We see in the Divine Literature, He made us unto Himself an assembled people. That's what we call support, support system even in overcoming drugs people who or addiction they found the most effective way is the support groups because support group actually keeps the person motivated that's why here when we have our servant meeting meet with one another we pray in the prayer meeting with one another and meet each other and stir one another and and love and encourage one another to do what's right. This actually will help us to be always motivated. It comes to this. St. Paul, even in in Hebrew 12, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so a cloud of witness, like a support system, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So that is the motive. I have the intercession of saints and the the assembly of the believers. We support one another. That's why we say he made us unto himself and assembled people to support one another. We need one another. Another motive, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, consider him who endured such hostility. By looking at the Lord Jesus Christ, how for the joy in front of him, he endured all of this. So this imperishable crown that we talked about should be also another motive when I put my eye on this imperishable crown that I will receive would be motive to Love God and love others, then do the right thing in this.